All right. Uh, five. Hello, everyone. Well, look, this is going to be a very different episode of the Brisbane Football Review after what's gone on in Australian football lately. But there is something that is a bit more important than football. And Adam, uh, you've got something you wanted to touch on before we get into the APL stuff. Yeah, obviously, it's this uh, this is sort of bigger than you know football as much as we think football is about life or death, and you know what we'll be saying probably over the next you know, however long we are talking, it will probably sound like that. But um, it's 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 not too hard to forget as well that you know the tragic incident on uh, Monday night, which saw the uh, lives of two young police officers, uh, Constable Matt Arnold and Constable uh, Rachel McCrow, who were both killed in the line of duty, and on behalf of us at the Brisbane Football Review. Uh, we send our condolences out to uh, the family, friends, uh, the the wide and the wider police family, which I know as well has links with football as well. We know of a number of you know, players in our local game which are linked with the police, uh, but also as well, in particular, uh, Constable McCrow, who uh, actually played a football at Pine Rivers Athletic, which is you know my club that's you know a minute down the road. So I know they're doing very tough as well. So to everyone involved, like it's a tragic story that's had national headlines lines um and and yeah look we, we pass on our condolences to all those affected all right uh thank you adam and yeah it was a shocking situation that unfolded now there really is no delicate way to pivot to it but uh this is going to be a very different episode of uh, the podcast than what we normally do um we're not going to bother touching on the a-league games from the uh, weekend just gone by the men the women Frankly, there's just no point with the story that um, is going to be, uh, which has been unfolding since the early hours of Monday morning, where I think I woke up and was quite frankly stunned by the news that uh, the APL has sold the grand final for the next three years to um, to Sydney, Destination New South Wales. And quite rightly, in my mind, it has been met with an awful lot of um, an awful lot of frustration from the football community, plenty of you know justified hysteria, some a little bit excessive, but overall fans are up in arms. And Scott, I'll bring you in for this now. Um, how much does this decision suck? Uh, good to be here again, James. And firstly, I'd echo what Adam said earlier about the tragic events of this week. But this decision, it's just it's just staggering. I mean, a week ago, James, we were sitting. Adam and I were sitting here with Liam and Alex and Quinton Soccer who's wrapping up our World Cup specials, talking about how the game can build on that marvelous run over in Qatar and what they can do to what the A League can do to move move forward and benefit from this. It's just a week later, ten days later, we're sitting here questioning where the league is going after a a decision which is one thing, but the backlash to it and then the the, the failure and the tone deaf response to that backlash. It's quite staggering where we've found ourselves in the last couple of days. It's quite astonishing, and we'll get into it in big detail in the next half hour or however long it takes, but it's staggering that we're sitting here talking about this. Yeah, this is going to be the whole show, so if you're sick of hearing about it, then thank you for downloading. Maybe just skip to the end so the play still counts for us on our uh, download links, but either way. Yeah, we know there's other news that's happened in the last week related to the Brisbane Raw, but we'll get to that at some point in the future. Yeah. Right, right now, this is the focus of our coverage, and we will have our own um, response to it as well. I know several other fan podcasts and media outlets have announced their uh, alterations, and we will be 
doing the same over the coming week or so. But it, we also have to remember as well, like, before we get into this, we're not, we're not blaming the people who work at the Raw. We're not talking about the staff that are there on game days, you know, busting their backsides trying to do it. This is right up at the upper levels who have clearly just decided to make what is, in my mind, a captain's call, and it has just absolutely backfired because my frustration on this whole thing boils down to the fact that we know there are an awful lot of issues going on in Australian football. You know, the list is far too long to go through now, um, and the first thing that they decide to fix is something that wasn't a problem in the first place, Adam. It is, and that's... um, where, 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 where would you start... Where do we start with this? Uh, I, I, I get the sense that, look, in, I guess you know, on paper, you know, you, you, if you try to look at other sports around the um, around sort of the country and, it's, and even overseas as well, you know, a, a city hosting a grand final, the final spectacle is not a new thing. Obviously, you know, NRL and AFL, they, they, they've done it for the best part of, you know, yeah, in some cases, a century. You know, obviously, we know about the Super Bowl. That you know, is is it? But the the problem with this this is that a it's just it's just the fact that there was that our game is not ready for this. It's not like that. It's not like that. You know that we can that we can confidently say that, especially in these economic times. And from what we're being told by you know by government and by that is that it's only going to get worse. Come you know May. Yeah, so I know they they sort of and we'll get into it later about you know what is sort of the the aftermath of that about what you know, the APL will do, but the whole fact is that you know the expectation that you know the the reward for the grand final winner is to host the grand final, yeah, you know, to take that away, to take away from their fans, and award to a neutral venue, you know, in the with the league in the age it is. It's just, it's just, it's just a daft idea, like, and it's just, it's headed for failure, and it's all, it's a hell of a punt to think, oh, that you know, that you know, between the neutral Sydney crowd and you know, maybe a couple of thousand travellers, you know, it's, it's, it's just there. I think at the end of the day, it's just a really, really tone deaf decision. On paper, it probably sounded okay, but it, it's a massive, it's a massive own goal. A couple of thousand spectators per club is probably optimistic, given the average attendance that some clubs are actually getting around the league at the moment, James. But you mentioned the list of things that are need fixing in the A-League. Transfer system, second division, promotion, relegation, attendances, ratings, memberships, all all heading in a downward direction. That's just a, a very short list of things that they might need to address. The one thing they didn't need to fix was this grand final. It's a tradition. I know Dan wants to talk about creating a tradition, spamming any of that nonsense. The game has... A great tradition. And in the last decade, we've seen three grand finals up here in Brisbane to sold-out crowds. It's gone up the stadium in Perth to a sold-out crowd. Adelaide Oval was a sold-out crowd. When Sydney hosted victory down in, in Sydney, that was sold out. Victory's grand final against Sydney was sold out. Newcastle's was basically a sellout. So everywhere it's gone, they've got huge crowds and great great material and great of, of occasions and events for the game in this country as a showpiece game to conclude a season. I don't see why they need to do this other than the very obvious financial incentive that they've got out of it because the tradition is there. The event is already there. It didn't need changing. And they've somehow decided, no, nah, we've got to change it. 
And just thinking as well, in terms of what we've seen from the grand final over the last 17 seasons in the A-League, taking out the uh, Orange Sundays for the uh, rule, because I think we would all agree they're our favourite moments, I feel I think back to that Sunday afternoon at the Adelaide Oval when it was bathed in sunshine. You had the Wanderers, uh, you know, adding to the Wanderers fans adding to the colour of the occasion. You had, you know, the Adelaide Oval bathed in red. And what was a pretty damn good game, a back and forth affair as well. That well, let, let's also be honest, the rule probably should have uh, been in at least after 20 minutes down in uh, Western Sydney. But should have been hosting, but that's another story. Yeah, that is actually a very good point. But I think it's just, yeah, it's knowing that these moments aren't going to be around at least for the next three years because, all things considered, you've got, yeah, you've got the opportunity, the APL have had the opportunity to make a bit of money off this and it makes sense, but travelling fans don't really happen in the A-League the way that they do overseas. And, like, you just talk about from regular season games, how often do we see maybe a number of travelling fans you can count on one on one hand in most stadiums just because Australia is far too big? This isn't like England where you've got 9, 10, 11 clubs situated in and around Greater London. You haven't got, you haven't got a bunch of teams just sitting around in close vicinity to one another, and it really just – I think it's trying to create a pattern that just doesn't exist here. There's only two examples that I can think of of big travelling crowds in an A-League grand final. Melbourne victory when they travelled to Sydney FC. I don't know what year that was, but that was a... And Newcastle. That was, but that was a solid away crowd. And, of course, the big one was Western Sydney when they came up to Brisbane. That was that was probably the one real time where there was a huge travelling contingent of away fans at an A-League grand final. Other than that, you're right, it's one bay. So haven't, you heard, haven't, haven't you heard that there were 272,000 Wanderers fans at Suncorp that day? <laughs> yeah, they were all on the roof. I saw them all. They were absolutely magnificent that day. But the whole point is, you're right, it's going to be, what, one or two bays worth of Team A and one or two bays of Team B at these neutral grand finals. They better hope Sydney or the Wanderers get in. Otherwise, these are going to be an unmitigated disaster. Well, just so going on the, on the point about uh, this whole hope of travelling, and because I've been hearing, obviously, in some of the justifications of it, is that oh, that they want to they want to turn the grand final like an FA Cup final. The thing is, is that the furthest travel that anyone that any club has to make in England to get from you know from their town to Wembley is, I think, Carlisle United, which is five hundred fifty k's. Yeah, that that basically you take if you take away take away the Sydney teams, that basically means that half the league you are travelling a thousand k's plus. You go from Perth to travelling four thousand k's. So you know what? Like I said, it's not like you can just get on a bus, get in your car, and drive. You know, it's just like I said, it's just tone deaf. That you know, and I think what is I think is really pissed off the the fans. I think it's almost like this. It's sort of this sort of. You know, I'm not. Arrogance, for lack of a better term, basically the APL trying to tell the fans, "Oh, this is how that you know. Oh, we think that you will travel." No one, no one asked the fans where that they, they can travel, especially in 2022, where, as I said before, the economy is down. People, don't, like I said, I wouldn't think they would have done this five, ten years ago when things were more pros- prosperous. But now that people are struggling to make ends meet, as it is. All of a sudden, you're sort of saying to fans, "Oh, you're going to put, you know, oh, you know, 
your your responsibilities, your house, your your car payments, your you know what, and you know just your reason live almost versus your football passion. You know, some people will choose football because you know to them football is is just about as much as life. But you know you you're asking, but you're asking him to choose all because of a decision like this, which you know as is which you know, pretty much it's as it's come out now in the last couple of days, has just turned out to be just one big giant money grab. Yeah, and that also goes back to, from my from my perspective as well, you've got what they're, they're trying to turn it into a week long event like what the Super Bowl is, and mm. I'm, I'm also thinking. My first thought was. Say hypothetically, like the Raw were playing an away grand final under the old system, you know, whether it was, you know, they uh, were playing against, uh, who was it in 2017? Say they Sydney. qualify against Adelaide. Yeah, say they qualified against Adelaide. I was trying to work out if I could get away with only spending one night in Adelaide. Could <laughs> I fly down day of the game or fly down, you know, day before the game and get home the day of the game? I'm not taking a week off work to go to this festival of football, which you know is going to include some sort of all-star game with teams 3 to 12 in the A-League, with the best of players from there. And I feel like this this is what... I know I tend to think sometimes the fan base is being a little bit melodramatic, but not in this case. There is... Like, the the blow-up is absolutely justified in my mind. Yeah, so it'll be an all-stars game probably on the Monday night, somewhere Sunday, Monday night. I reckon it'll be Wednesday. And then they're going to have the awards night as well, which I'll give people a tip. It's not a public event. I was going to, I was going to say. It's not a public yeah. event. I don't know how they're, why they're promoting this uh, um, awards night as, oh, you can come for the full week and be a part of all these events. It's a private event. Well, what The whole if, league doesn't even go. It's only the players who are nominated for awards and club officials who go. Well, what if they so I don't know why they're even including that. Event. But who, who, but who wants? Who would want to go to that? Like honestly, you know, other than other than go hobnobbing on the red carpet, like really, like what, what's the point? It's not like the WWE Hall of Fame event, which even then I, I question people's people's sanity going that or going to an Oscars or something like that. Like, who the hell goes to that? It's not those sort of events are not for the public. So why they're promoting it as if oh, yo, know, part of the part of the uh, festival of football? Like I agree, with Scott. It's it's absolute garbage. Yeah. Anyway, and they'll probably do some um, Thursday or Friday grand final parade thing, but if it's two interstate teams, the fans aren't going to be there anyway. Yeah, no one. If interstate fans will not, t- I assume it's going to be a Saturday night grand final. You'll start to see fans trickle in Friday afternoon if you're yeah. lucky, and most will just fly in on Saturday, stay overnight, and leave Sunday morning. And this is something that I know I'm very much guilty of as well in my time like following the A-League, and it also happens in other sports as well. When I know the Raw season is over, my interest level goes down a lot. In like, And I'll still watch, you know, the finals. I still remember watching um, was it the uh, Western United semi-final a couple of years ago. Oh, last year, actually. Um, possibly from a commentary booth at Double Take. But anyway, uh, like I'll still watch, but I won't be making time to sit there and go, yep, this is a must-watch event. And I feel like there will be a lot of fans that say, yeah, if there's a grand final, like even fans in Sydney aren't going to want to go. Like, what was your point about the Socceroos uh, games in Sydney, Scott? Well, Sydney, and this is, I apologize to fans of Sydney because this will sound like I'm really having a go at them, but they get more national team games than anybody else in the country, James. And how many times are those 
half full, one third full. When they play also around the country, Brisbane aside, they played a, basically a full house. So, yeah. and it yeah. seems like if it's a bit of rain in Sydney, they, they won't go. So I agree with you. I mean, look, and in fairness to people in Sydney, if it was a Wellington, Phoenix, Western United Grand Final or Adelaide and Perth or something, or Melbourne and Brisbane, why would they want to go? What, they don't have any vested interest in either of those two teams. Teams. To your point, once the A League's got more and more tribal, once your team is eliminated, you do somewhat check out. You might watch the finals and check in on them, and you probably do watch the grand final on television. But I can't sit here and say, "Oh, I'm going to book my tickets for next June to go to Sydney, no matter who's playing." That's not the way it works. Yeah, your interest level is very much dependent on you know, what role your team is playing in, uh, in the match. And, yeah, like, I am I honestly can't imagine that a lot of people are going to say... And this isn't a shot at Sydney as well. I think if they had have sold it to Melbourne, if they had have sold it to Brisbane... Yeah. I, I don't think, think I would go if it was in Brisbane if it was some yeah. of those teams, to tell you the truth. I would go if I didn't have to pay for the ticket. Well, that's a different oh, yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that that's a whole other story. But, yeah, I feel like a lot of the people that... Are, that would go are probably the ones that are going to be, you know, calling out for the centre-back to shoot from 45 metres out on the touchline. I think, look, I just think it comes down to the first, the very first point that was made here. It, the, what was wrong? What's wrong with the grand final? Like, you know, like what what is wrong with the grand final as far as why do they need to change it other than they, can, they thought they've got an asset they can cash in, they can cash in on? Because like everything is 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 fine. You were getting virtually sell out crowds. Ratings were you know were pretty good in comparison. Although ratings haven't been great for for football in general for the last you know number of years. Like it's again it's a it's a reinventing the wheel almost. And then but I think again I think you know, trying maybe moving this along a little bit is that the justification of it. And I guess almost like it's almost a case of the cover up was worse than the crime itself, because it's one thing to say, yeah, look, we we sold we sold the uh, grand final rights to Sydney for you know it's been reported anywhere between twelve and twenty million dollars for three for three years, but why don't you come out and say, oh, we're cash trapped? This whole you know, Danny Townsend coming out and almost selling the argument as, oh, it's good for the game and telling the fans, oh, this is what you should, you know, you should, you know, create a new tradition. I think that's what really, really set off the fan bases. I think, you know, this 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 level of contempt and arrogance is probably what has really, you know, you know, sort of, you know, sort of set people off, you know, fans off to the point where, like I said, there's a lot of fans out there that I think it's not a case of, oh, this one decision has basically drawn the line in the sand. This is just a culmination of you know, of things where they've just said, you know what, this is the line in the sand. You know, we, we were sick and tired of football Australia and their and their nonsense over the years. You know, you know, with the game, the, the APL was supposed to be the great white hope to save the game, but they seem to be making mistakes worse than the and football Australia. Yeah, and I suppose, look, I'm not necessarily defending the APL because I think. Even if you agreed with this decision, which I far and away don't, the communication uh, over the last couple of days has been absolutely appalling. Mm. And and as you said, Adam, it's it's the fact that we've been we're getting told, oh, we know best, trust yeah. us. And it's not it, it, there's very little acknowledgement of the level of frustration that fans are feeling. 
And yeah, and well, look, I, I want to get into the you know financial motivation for this deal to be done, but we'll go to Can you. Can I just next go thirty seconds? Yeah, because yeah. what you're talking about, Danny Townsend saying things like, "In time, you will thank us, mate." I don't think so. No. Football yeah. began eighteen years ago. Wrong. You he played. In, a... He played in the NSL in a grand final. He should know better. So statements like that just make them look completely out of touch. And the other thing, yeah, I had something else I was going to talk about. I've completely forgotten what it was. That's okay. I was just going going to say, didn't we just go to a centenary of the Socceroos celebration? And look, it it is one of those things where, you know, someone should, someone just from around the area should have said, maybe don't say that our game is 18 years old. Our league is 18 years old. It's just, the message has not been clear and frankly the message hasn't been right either because as we said like it's quite clear now and there was a statement from uh central coast mariners richard peel pile uh yeah. that came out uh actually just before we started recording which to be on to be honest seems like the most transparent um account of proceedings that we've seen so far from anyone involved in the process whether it was minimal like the mariners claim to have been um and I can see you just bringing it up now, Scott. Yep. So basically, I won't read the whole thing. He basically said when the league made the decision to host the match in Sydney, it did so with sort of five clubs who currently have the voting rights. That's the clubs who are on the APL board. That's not all 12 of them. It's just the five who are on there. I think it's Brisbane, Sydney, the Wanderers, City and Victory at the time. And obviously, yep. DiPietro has resigned, so there's one vacancy. So when they voted on it, they did so without knowledge of the Mariners. They go on and say, it says that, we went on to talk about yesterday they participated in an unscheduled owners meeting to discuss what the league would do now despite the strong criticism. During that meeting, they were told that they had a decision to make between either pulling out of the deal with Destination New South Wales, which would cost them cost the clubs money, or sticking with the decision. And that's where the 8-3-1 and one with Tony Sage not being a part of the voting because he wasn't available, that's where that comes from. They were basically told either we back out of this deal with New South Wales, Destination New South Wales, and we probably have some sort of financial payment to give or we stick with the decision and the clubs based on the fact that financially they don't have a choice I feel they don't have a choice they stuck with it which is yeah. quite honest and refreshing the fact he came out and laid it out in that way yeah and basic basically like that that to me is really all that was needed from the start where uh that combined with Vince Rigari's story basically saying that a lot of clubs are still feeling the financial hardship over what, two and a bit, was it three, or two and a half seasons, basically, that were interrupted by COVID with mass postponements, all sorts of budget cuts and um, revenue losses. So basically, a lot of the clubs are now saying, like, they need the cash. And depending on which, um, what the final sum of the deal is, we've seen anywhere from 12 million to 20 million. Um a lot of the clubs are saying, "Yeah, we kind of we kind of need the cash to just keep the doors open." I feel like that would have just been like, oh, a lot of the time, honesty can just be the best course of action with this sort of stuff, and that's where I kind of feel like they've really just not quite been able to uh, hammer the point home. The cover up worse than the crime, as I said before. But uh, the the thing is, is that yeah, it, again, it's a case it's a case of you know. Yeah, it, it's they said that we yes we know we understand the commercial realities of it, and the the, the what what I think is really sort of telling 
is that basically by the time that the, the, the full ownership, I guess, core committee board, you know, the owners were actually able to meet and discuss with the exception of Tony Sage was in, in transit, apparently, um, that it was basically the deal was done. So again, and then, then we take one step back and go, okay, well, who ratified this decision? Obviously, it was the board. Yeah, it, it was it was the board. You know, whenever they did deal, and it was a done deal. So it's a case of you know, it's almost like it's a case. Oh, FYI, this is what's going to happen. Oh, here's here's the options. Here's the options. If we don't go ahead, you know, where we risk basically losing losing a lot of money, plus as well a lot of goodwill with the government, and you know that it's tantamount to blackmail, especially a lot of clubs that. Basically, yeah, right. That that money, it's like I said, it's not a case of oh, it's going to make them all rich. It's it's a case of you know, of at least get, you know, keeping the lights on and keeping them you know solvent as far as participating in the league. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, that that level of transparency is all we wanted because on the on like when they announced a major event, and this is something that we've been talking about for the last couple of days as well. Is like was selling off grand final hosting rights like that feels to me like the absolute extreme option to um bring to bring the uh league or to bring in a little bit of money for the league it feels like there were so many more ways there were so many more things that could have been done and i'll give the um credit for this idea because uh this was the first person i saw it but uh marissa from the uh, post on uh espn talking about did nobody think of uh, doing what everyone is doing and having the magic round super round uh, concept, maybe take a r- round of games to Sydney, have you know a game on Thursday, a couple of games on Friday, boatload on Saturday and Sunday, and have it as an A League men's and women's festival of football. Like, did nobody think of that? Well, that's what the other thing I would say is. We know that they've sold off the grand final now. What would, what would, if this, if this doesn't solve their financial problems, what would they think to sell off next? Would they try and sell off the semifinals? I know they said this week, oh, we're going to make the semifinals a big event where it's your last chance to see your team before they go to the grand final. But they've already proven they're prepared to sell big assets within the game to, to the highest bidder. What would they sell next? Would it be a magic round? Would it be something else? You don't know what they would come up with. That's the other thing about it is, They've done, they've done this, but it shows you that they're open to doing business on certain things that were thought to be considered traditional and sacrosanct. So what would they do next? Yeah, and that's where I and that's what I mean. Like the grand selling off the grand final does feel like last essentially the last ditch um, option where you couldn't have found anything else. And I and I look back and go like I, I'm in case you're wondering where I've been the last uh, few weeks. I'm on the show i'm down in melbourne at the he's moment he's been on the transfer list <laughs> yeah pretty much no there were no takers though but yeah i'm down in melbourne at the moment and all i'm thinking is how good would it have been to have like a magic round at you know amy park or have it at combank well maybe not combank stadium but uh what's the new one allianz that's it the sydney football stadium that's it yeah the one they've just rebuilt like why not have it there or hell go play maybe even cooper's stadium or suncorp or something like what yeah as you said scott where do you go from here because the grand final is pretty much like the the event 
I like I said, there was there there was even I, I saw suggestions as well, which I'd also be agree is that, that you know why does the grand final have to be one game? Football has always been, you know, in in some cases, it's only in, in recent times where it's 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 been a one-off showpiece. You know, what's wrong with you know a two-legged grand final? You know, like I said, which which then gives both both grand final teams, you know, the opportunity to see their team their team in action in a grand final. You know, which which basically it's dubbed two sellout games instead of one. You know, like I said, it just it just to me. That yeah, you know, it almost seems like they just say, "So what? What is what is our one asset that we have?" And oh, let's let's sell it off to the highest bidder rather than actually thinking like these just suggestions. You know, the, either the the festival of football in the form of the quote magic round, which I think is a great idea because, like I said, yeah, the NRL started who who took it off Super League in England, and you know now AFL going to do it, and you know. Super Rugby do it, but the one thing that football has always stood above, you know, those other sports, is that they could have had a festival of football that was both inclusive to men and women, and that would have been a point of difference. That would have been celebrated. Like, what, what, what do these guys on the on the board think around talk about? Like, that's just that that idea just came up in a day, and there are people piling on and you know and having their ideas. You know, let the fans almost decide that you know, oh, this would been great. Surely for $20 million, you know, Destination New South Wales would have bought that instead. In fact, I think they would have made more money because even though you say, oh, that, you know, fans will not travel for a grand final. Well, if their team is playing, everyone's team is playing, the sum of all the, all the crowds going in to one venue, as they've proven with Magic Round in the NRL is highly successful because people will go for a weekend. The Sydney the Sydney siders will be willing to put up with, you know, seeing Wellington and Perth play in the game before if it means that the, that the Sydney derby is the, is the game two hours later. They will go and watch three games in a row, those who just enjoy football. So the fact is that, that you know, we the fans, you know, have come up with this sort of concept or, you know, those that put it out there, you know, congratulations to them. Because you know they're they're actually thinking ahead. It makes think about the leaders and our governments of the game. Why couldn't they thought that rather than just going the go low hanging fruit of oh our, our our most marketable asset is the grand final. Let's sell it off to the highest bidder. Like, yeah. come on. Tony Sage was talking about the grand final. He wanted two legs, and you know when Tony Sage is the voice of reason, you know it's been <laughs> a crazy week in Australian <laughs> Absolutely. football. Absolutely. The magic round concept is one that I think can really work. And look, yeah. the the APL and the A-League needs a 27th game at some point to satisfy the AFC, who 26 games in their mind is not enough. So this would you could have 13 home, 13 away, and then a magic round, which is either in one place permanently or it's going to move around the country however you want to do it. I actually think it could work really well as well, James, because you look think about it, there's six A-League men's games, and there'll be six A-League women's games next year when Central Coast Mariners join that competition. So 12 games over three or four days at one stadium, I think it would work absolutely unbelievable. And to Adam's point, it would be the only one of these Magic Ground concerts that has men and women in the same place. And if you have a fan park with all sorts of activations and things like meet and greets, signatures, football-themed activities for the kids, I think it would be a, a really, really special event midway through. And here's an idea for people. Have it the Australia Day long weekend. There's a great time. It's about halfway through the A-League season. Put it then. It's still in the middle of summer. It's at the back end of the school holidays. People will be able to go. That's probably a really good time for it. So that's a really good idea. But I was going to pick up, move on from 
move this on because Adam brought up one thing about the fans and they come out with these really good ideas. And I think the one thing that's really come out this week is that they haven't been heard. They have clearly, Danny Tendon said that they've been consulting with stakeholders in the game, including the fans for the last 12 months. Well, I haven't seen one fan group come out yet and say we were consulted on this and we thought this was a good idea because clearly that's not the message that they're putting out across the various states. We'll probably get some from Brisbane and their fan bases in a minute, but that's not what they're saying. So the fans have not been consulted, but they do have some good ideas. And maybe maybe they should look at at least having a fan representative, if not on the board, that they consult with regularly. And they do yeah. float these ideas by, because clearly they've upset a lot of people with this. And it's all well and good to say, well, they might get some neutrals in for the grand final. But they've upset a lot of fans around the country who are already disenfranchised as it is. So if... If they start walking away, then what are you going to do? So I think they've really got to look at their fan engagement strategy as well coming out of this. Yeah, because there is, like, yeah, the outrage was not helped by the uh, way it was all handled on Monday. And especially with the fact that some of the claims that were made in the early hours of the story have already been proven to be false, or at the very least disputed. You know, whether or not there was actually a quote-unquote vote was um, still unknown, I think, until about today, uh, before the Monday announcement, Um, and that other states were offered the chance to bid on these games, something uh, Victoria has come out and said, no, we won't. Mm. So there's all sorts of, like, there's all sorts of inconsistencies in the message so far, and again, it just goes back to the fact that I, I would love to know who's giving them the advice. The one thing I will say, though, that um, there is probably uh, one department in the APL that will be walking into the office next week and saying, well, we've just hit all our performance metrics, and that will be the social media team. Because all they will be doing is just saying, look at all the comments. That's our KPIs for the next 12 months. If yeah, if you believe in took you a second there, didn't it? <laughs> that, that's the, the the level of comments. That's that's not something to be proud of because they have been absolutely copying it from all from all angles. And look, you know, to be honest, a lot of it is justified. Look, there's a few crazies and a few yeah. have gone way over top. Some I think also as well that you know there's the. One message I seem to be coming out as well at the bottom of a lot of these statements from the clubs and whatnot, which I think where the fans have gone way, way too far is that they're, they're sort of, it's now collateral damage where they're now starting to abuse players, you know, or this whole notions of, oh, silence, silence is, is being complicit and all that. You know, like I said, even the supporter groups themselves and the way they've handled it, like, you know, like I said, for a group like the Cove, who I read this, I've read, I've read all the statements, uh, and you know they they came out very considered, you know, strong but firm um, sort of statement as well. Whereas on the other hand, you have the OSM, the original style Melbourne, who whose statement read like a terrorist manifesto, and that that's like so the way they carried on is not helpful. And I, I'd hope that someone with a bit more maturity, you know. Yeah, it's actually saying that because it doesn't really help. And, you know, look, I, I don't want to, you know, be sort of, you know, thumbing the nose of the fans because I, I, their heart's in the right place. But I think also as well the way you you handle yourself and what the fans' next move as far as getting the APL board's attention I think is so critical. And you know what? You know, this whole, oh, we're at war, I think is unhelpful. 
Yes, the fans are upset. Yes, the fans have felt like they're not being heard. But there are different and more subtle ways of getting the message. And look, I, I don't I don't mind the whole oh let's boycott and you know the walk out. But you do it once. And then you, you assess your options. You don't go, oh, that's it. I'm throwing the toys out of the cop because that's what it sounds like. And you and then you play into Danny Townsend's narrative on, on Monday or was, it, or was it Tuesday where basically you said, oh, quote, the fans are emotional. You're done right there, emotional. But then you don't, but you don't want to then manifest at the point and say, oh, that you now they're, they're out of control and oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, they've got no solutions. I think that's a case of, you know what, to the, to the fan groups out there, you know what? Yes, show your displeasure, show your disgust, but be very, very mindful about the way you conduct yourselves and what you do next, because that is just as critical as trying to get, you know, get what you know, needs to, to solve this. They're emotional, but they're also feeling disenfranchised, James. And this is right back to 2015 again. I think this is worse than 2015, because that was one journalist representing a small, small special interest group who ran a story that probably should never have been run and then the FA at the time did a, did a terrible job in covering covering that story and protecting their fans, and we saw what happened. This is the governing body of the game actually making this decision. This is worse. So there's, the fans are still disenfranchised from that incident in 2015, and they're only just starting to get that goodwill back. We saw a lot of those people probably just getting back into the sport domestically at the World Cup when everyone was out at the live sites. And now, if they were considering coming back to the A-League, this is just completely halted that momentum. So I think it's not only that they're emotional, but they're feeling disenfranchised mm-hmm. and not being heard, James. And at some point, that's going to cost you. Yeah, and that and that's where it feels like the biggest difference to 2015 is there's seven years of frustration built onto the top yeah. of that original blow-up in 2015 where a lot of them just... Like, like I, as I said right from the outset, you know, there's a lot of causes for irritation with the way uh, the A-Leagues are set up at the moment, whether it's, you know, dissatisfaction with, you know, kickoff times or broadcasting or however many of the other 457 complaints we seem to hear every single week, um, you know, not, not spending money on players or promotion relegation or whatever. If, like, the fans have just got a lot more a lot more of a build-up of uh, frustration with the matter, and you can really see that there is just so much more... Uh, there's so much more coming uh, from it now. And, yeah, you see some of the statements as well, like the Round 8 protests coming up this weekend in the uh, men's games as well, where it seems like, what is it, 20th minute? Uh, 23rd minute or something? 20th. 20th yeah. minute, where a lot of fan bases are planning on doing the walkout. And, frankly, like, this is the time to make it known because... Look, in terms of timing, like, this was not a... Yeah, we've got a, a massive game this weekend coming up um, at Amy Park, just down the road from where I am, where it, it's the derby. It's a pre-Christmas derby, which is arguably the biggest regular season staple of the A-League calendar. And after 20 minutes, you know that there is going to be plenty of discussion about, oh, look at all those fans walking out. Well, here's why. In terms of just like getting this story out, I don't know why it had to be this week. That's the other thing I keep coming back to is why this week? There was absolutely no reason to say, hey, like we're doing it here. Why not wait until, you know, second week of January or something? And that 
and maybe just give yourself put a little bit gradually. more time. To, Leak yeah. it to a journal. Say, we're going to do this. Put, it, put the feels out there. I, I actually think that this is, again, um, the APL just completely misreading the room. They, they took advantage of all the goodwill. And this is the one thing what I, I keep coming back to as well, that, you know, one week ago, like I said, it was, with there was cause for optimism. We were all, you know, excited about, you know, the Socceroos had, had you know, just put on, you know, probably the, obviously their, one of their best performances. Football seemed to be back. It, it's growing momentum. One week later, we're back in the doldrums. They're thinking, oh, this bloody game, you know, why can't we get it right? And all because I think the APL misread the room and thinking, oh, well, everyone's happy and jovial and excited and optimistic. Let's just, just dump this news on and see how it goes. And it's just completely backfired. So, and I think just the whole concept of reading the room, I think it's just something that has just been completely botched. Yeah, you know, from from Monday morning right through to pretty much now. So some of the more rational chairmen that are, are coming out now and actually explain the story, explain the truth. Had these explanations come out Monday morning, yeah, look, people would have been still angry, but not to the levels that they are now. Because, like I said, it is the the feeling is absolutely powerful and fan in the with amongst the fans at the moment. And you know what? You can't blame them. Yeah, and you also can't blame them for not being happy with being spoken to like in the manner that they have been over uh, the last few days as well. And again, like how many times do we have to just keep saying it over the last, well, 45 minutes or so where you've just got, you've got fans that are frustrated. Fine, fine reason with them. I know there will be certain parts of the fan base that you just cannot uh, reason with. And, you know, I think we've all dealt with some of them in our time uh, as like doing this, But, but you know, the least you can do is try and explain, look, this is why we've made the decision. And that's, again, why I keep going back and giving plenty of credit to uh, the Mariners for coming out and saying, look, this is how it happened for us. And this is why we're now into the situation where it's going to happen. And I I know we've got uh, some statements to get to, Scott, but I do just want to point out as well, because this is a sport that is desperate for government investment. We've been saying it for how long? You know, obviously, this isn't the way that we would have liked to have seen it come in. But I go back to that Mariner statement, basically saying, you know, there's if they pulled out of that deal, then that just shows that there's an awful lot of, like, then that is probably something that is going to come back to bite them in future negotiations as well. So it really does seem like some of the, well, it does seem like they're in a rock, in between a rock and a hard place. Some of them were happy to put themselves there. Others just were taken in um, almost unknowingly. But anyway, so we've got a couple of statements. No, you're right. Gonna, that's, that's absolutely correct because you've just got to be careful what you wish for here because for so long we've been talking about wanting government investment in football. We've got it. In this particular case, it's a terrible deal for the game, unfortunately, but they are they are clearly interested in doing so. So I agree with you that so, some people have made a bad decision. But we have we have to at least acknowledge that for, there is a government interested in Australian football domestic content, even if it's not a deal that the, that all of the fans around the country are happy with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, I'm still going to continue to be frustrated and whatnot by the decision. But I keep going back to the fact that the more that you know, the transparent, like the transparent statements are coming out the more you at least realise, well, 
it, it sucks, but yeah. Anyway, so Scott, uh, oh, Scott, you got the first statement for us. Yeah, so we've got some audio from Maj from the Raw Corps coming up in just a moment, James, which is quite good. Great we can hear from one of the Raw supporter groups on this issue, but the Den and the RSF have put out lengthy statements. They're available on all of their social medias. In short, the Den will be joining in the 20-minute walkout protest as of the next game, Friday week, the next home game up at Redcliffe. So they've already said they are doing that and they will not be participating in any active support for the foreseeable future. And the RSF have come out and said they encourage all Brisbane Raw supporters to engage and embrace these these protests and see where it goes from there. Yep. Fair enough. All right. So uh, what do you say we get to that audio uh, from the Raw Corps and Maj uh, right now? Hi, I'm Madge Card from the Raw Corps, uh, a A-League women's uh, supporter group for the Brisbane Raw. Uh, thanks for having, uh, getting our opinion, guys. Uh, I guess you were wanting to think, uh, hear what we think about the, the recent APL decision to move the A-League's grand finals to Sydney for the next three years. Um, well, I mean, like the rest of the Australian football community, we've been really disgusted with this decision, decision from the APL from the lack of consultation uh, to just the arrogance and the conde conde condescension shown towards fan reactions in their uh, recent statement reconfirming the decision late last night. We understand the league is in need of investment, but this decision robs the game of some of its most unique points of difference uh, that we have in football in Australia those passionate home fans supporting their team where their team has earned the right to host a final and in these games that are like these marquee games that are they're arguably the, the best showcase of football that we have to the wider community during the season each year it's it's just it's a bit mind-boggling um, how they've thrown away one of our best points of difference uh, in the Australian sporting landscape. It, and also it just it, it, it compromises the integrity of, of the competition and not to mention all of the financial geographical issues related to fans having to travel to finals when previously if their if their team had earned that right throughout the season, finishing you know high on the table or above the opponents, they they could so many more people who are fans of that team can can just experience a wonderful grand final experience like we've seen in countless cities around uh around australia in both the a-league men and the a-league women um and brisbane has had you know a, a bunch of those finals in the a-league men and 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 the a-league women as well so to think that we would miss out on those sorts of experiences and home fans miss out on those experiences uh is just it's so disappointing um and the other thing is like even from from a a business decision it's it seems really odd i mean the the a-leagues we're no nfl we're no champions league we're definitely not like an fa cup where like we're, we're not of that ubiquitous general support where the idea of having a set grand final uh makes sense and that you're going to have the demand of fans traveling to finals i just think it will really stunt the possibility 
the, po- the possibility of growth yet again, which Australian football seems so good at, to get us close to even capturing the hearts and minds of the wider Australian public. I mean, that seems to be what the APL want. They want to get us to a point where, where it's a destination event. But one, I don't think we're anywhere near that. And, and all this decision is going to do is absolutely annihilate the, the goodwill and the current fan base that might be able to help them get to that point. What we're going to end up is just these really soulless or potentially really soulless grand finals. Like imagine uh, in the A-League women uh, having I know, an Adelaide victory final played in, in Sydney. It just it makes zero sense. Um, it, you know, the A-League women as well, uh, you know, we're growing, but uh, we don't have that same... Uh, support of numbers uh, to travel to games it's not sort of um, a, a common common to see you know large numbers of traveling fans and the a-league women so I, I think it could just be catastrophic for our game and then from a, a raw perspective Chris Fong's agreement uh, look it's 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 unfortunately no surprise but it just speaks volumes to the lack of ambition that the owners have for our club uh, I think we've seen uh, in, in both teams just and, and of course with the decision to shut down um, the, the youth academy uh, an unwillingness to support the structures of the club to vie for titles uh, even to vie for finals is um, and this just seems like they're not interested they're not worried about it this is just a cash grab and that's all that our owners are interested in I, re- I really fear for the future of of the dub, um, but on on to the fun- the response uh, for this um, upcoming weekend from the Royal Corps. I mean, at, at the core of what we do, we, we support the players and our community, uh, and that's always been a focus of our group. We we don't have a huge appetite to boycott or walk out of the upcoming games, and we think. And because you know, because we really think that that unfairly impacts on the players, and we don't want to see all of the the you know bits of progress that we've managed to get in the women's game get completely burnt to the ground. I totally understand, and and personally, I support the plans for active groups to boycott or walk out of the um the upcoming A League men's games. It's one of the ways that fans can send a strong message to the APL. Uh, but uh, you know, with the numbers at the A-League women's games. One, I, don't, I just don't think it's going to be as visually effective. And again, like I said, it's like the, the players where we've only just been scraping to a level of professionalism that they deserve to um, remove that support. We just think it's disproportionate. Uh, it's a disproportionate impact on the players that, that we don't want to do. Um, and also in all of this talk, I've heard a lot of talk about a national second division and a willingness to sort of let, let the A-League men's sort of die and be you know, reborn. And, and that, that's probably another point of difference with the A-League women and that I don't think there's the same football ecosystem ready to keep pushing forward the momentum of the women's game uh, should the A-League women uh, completely fall apart. So we still want to show our support to the players and all of the people who've been acting in good faith um, in uh, A-League women's um, space. 
uh, and so that they still know they they have our continued support. We haven't decided exactly as a group though um, what we're going to do at the upcoming game, but I'd be absolutely. I think we're absolutely supportive of not chanting or not being active for the first you know twenty or so minutes, and maybe some more pointed chants after that. And I'm certainly planning on taking some signs to uh, communicate our disgust with um, with this decision. We'd totally encourage others to do the same, and we'd be uh, you know happy to sort of promote uh, some of the good signs uh, or or visual displays that people um, might be thinking of bringing to the game on Saturday. Long term. I think we've lost a lot of faith in the APL to guide our professional game, uh, full stop. And uh, so again, a fear for the, the future of the women's game and you know, wonder whether or not rebundling with FA might be, might be an answer. I mean, it, I think there's a lot of, a lot of uh, water under the bridge and um, reactions yet to come. Um, so it will be very interesting to see what happens this coming weekend at both the A-League women and A-League men's games um, that occur over the weekend. Um, but yeah, just, just a, a pretty disheartening time for the game. Yet again, it's something that from all corners of the game we've been through so many times and overall it's just it can just be pretty exhausting. So let's hope we can push for the change we actually want uh, and you know do that from multiple perspectives all right and uh, big thanks for sending that through it's always good to hear from them um, and yeah Adam there's there's a lot to dissect from the last few days it, I honestly feel like I just need to lie down well, that's the interesting thing. We just heard from Madge from the uh, Raw Corps, and we haven't actually we haven't actually even given consideration to how this will affect the women's game as well. Because uh, look, it's it's one thing that you know, obviously the men's the men's game um, that the way like so obviously which will dominate the headlines that they're the ones that get all the crowds and all that. But uh, look, the women the women have actually probably been just as disadvantaged by all this because they're grand final as well was part of this, quote, uh, fe- uh, festival of football, wherever it was, that, that that's also going to be played. And I think even more so that it makes zero sense to move that game because, look, quite frankly, the young, like I said, it was tough to actually get, you know, a big crowd through the um, through the gates for a, a, a uh, A-League women's group final. Let's, let's be frank about it. You know, it's, it's still very, very, it's, it's not, the A-League women's grand final does not have, Quite a commercial value. It's still for the diehard women's football sports. Look, maybe in a year's or two time, and they're hoping that miraculously, you know, the casual mainstream sports fan may get involved after after the women's World Cup. But again, I think it's even worse. So I, the men's on paper, I can see, you know, I can almost see the ma- the method and the madness of why they've done it. But it made no sense to, you know, try and also put the women's grand final in that same package. I think that just makes it even worse. I think more so than anything, that's where that you know, that home crowd and getting that, you know, the, you know, earning that home grand final. I think it's paramount the women's game. I think, you know, a lot of these sort of, you know, the efforts going here and this this disenchantment, like it, it will wound the men's game. But I, I, I 
I'm almost scared to think how how badly that this may hurt the women's game, especially when we're supposed to be having momentum going into the Women's World Cup next year. Well, <clears throat> I just realised how much my voice is uh, getting a bit scratchy there. But not not to mention as well, this festival of football, including the women's grand final, and that is my bad that it took us so long to uh, mention no, no. Well, clarify that this was uh, part of the deal. That's getting played on April 30th, I'm pretty sure. So it's not like it's, you know, being played in the week leading up to or the weekend of the men's grand final either. So, yeah, I mean, that that is not a great sign as well. But I have to admit, I did like the uh, Victory uh, Vikings, I think it says, active supporter group, saying all this in response to the Victory winning the last two grand finals in Sydney. <laughs> so, and look, it, it has been a fairly heavy day in terms of, you know, fan reaction and everything. So any chance we can get for a little bit of levity is uh, quite welcome. So mm. I'll give the, uh, plenty of plaudits for that. I didn't even get a chance to laugh at England. Normally I would spend a week laughing and England would get knocked out of a World Cup and can't even do that because this is going to be taken away all the attention. But to your, on a more serious point, what you're talking about with the Adelaide Women's Grand Final, it is a real blow because that that is a league where when you go to those game jams, you see the interaction between the players and the spectators at full-time, always a lot more than in the men's game, photographs and, and selfies and all these all these types of things where there's a lot of interaction between the players and the and the up-and-coming young girls who go and watch the games. That's going to be gone because they're not those those fans are almost almost certainly not going to be going to an A-League Women's Grand Final if they're from interstate. So that it's just, it's it's a real blow for that for the women's game. And in a year where we should be building up with the World Cup, where there's going to be some amazing scenes around the country when the Matildas do play in the World Cup, James, this is just a real backward step in the momentum that should be being built in the women's game in particular. Yeah, yeah, look, it, it is, and that's the thing. That's the whole whole thing is that look, I could even even if they put the game on as a curtain raiser to the men. It still would. That'd it be still even would, worse. It would. That's what I was actually going to say. I was going to say that you know that would destroy the the fabric that is the women's. You know that is the A League women's. You know or the W League as it's pre, as previously known. That it, it's its own. Yes, it's its own entity. It deserves its own day, but not in a neutral venue. It, it's just like I said. This like I said. We this 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 has almost been an afterthought. You know about what. Um, about the impact of that, you know, it's one—it's one thing that now the, the the quote the fully professional, you know, A League men's, and and the effect it's going to have. What about the you know the women? I think it's it's just you know, in, in, like there's been no consideration. Yeah, and look, you know, if the deal was done differently, I feel like there would actually be a really good like level of praise saying, "Oh, well done, getting a deal for both the men and the women." But because it is going to essentially be a standalone game in late April in, I can guarantee, a stadium that it will be nowhere near as full as it uh, should have been. Because I think, look, from memory, looking at the uh, early season ladder in the A-League women, it doesn't seem entirely likely that either Sydney team is going to be challenging, based on what I can remember. Uh, My, Sydney FC are humming along okay, but well, Wanderers, Wanderers won't be there. That's probably what I'm thinking of, the Wanderers. No, yeah. Wanderers won't be there. I can guarantee you that much. And, uh, yeah. and the Raw, and the Raw hopefully will, will really sort of, you know, dent them uh, on, on Saturday. 
Yeah, and I'm also thinking of um, the fact that Melbourne City and Western United are both 3-0. and mm. But, yeah, either way, there's just... And, yeah, the, fu- the final point I wanted to get on to before we start to uh, wrap this thing up was also just on Keep-Up's coverage of the whole thing. And, like, I don't really want to go and just, like, trash them. But on Monday, there were two points that I think a lot of people really would have gotten a lot of frustration uh, with in terms of, like, the podcast that came out, the Keep-Up podcast, where Tom Smithies and uh, James Dodd were... I would say, like, doing what was necessary for their roles in an APL. Doing what they were told, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'll give credit to uh, the the one, Nick Durbano, who just, you know, kept kept his mouth shut and did exactly what he was, um, like, what he was entitled to do. And um, then there was the James Dodd interview with Danny Townsend, which, look, that, that was always going to be a scripted, like softball questions and everything. And I know like, I know I've done my share of softball interviews just trying to uh, help things out, but yeah, it it didn't feel like the time really for that. The one thing I will give them uh, credit for though, Robbie Cornthway got his uh, story up there the next day, basically explaining why he disagreed with it. And I think that, that at least was, I know there are always going to be questions about the true independence of an APL-run media outlet, but at least in that instance, they were trying to present a discerning view. They at least gave voice to the opposition view, didn't they? Which is something that not a lot of media outlets would do if they had a vested interest in it. By the way, $30 million, apparently, to build that keep-up website. So you can make your own mind up whether you think that's a worthy investment or not. But I, I was going to say, particularly, I was glad they at least ran the Robbie Cornthwaite piece. Because it did at least give the opposing view. The stuff on sat on Monday, they had to do the podcast because it's obviously a planned thing. Why did they even bother doing the softball interview? There was nothing new in that interview that had already been announced. What's there was that? no What's additional information Q&A? given in it. There was no additional information given in it, and it just annoyed people even more. So why did they even bother? They could have put that out the day after or later in the week or something. Why did they bother putting it out then when it had no new information? But but also as well, it didn't help the situation that you know then and then you know Dane Townsend goes on the ABC on Tuesday morning with Tony Armstrong and basically you know doubles down on what the view is. And, you know, like I said, the the big sound bite was that you know oh that you know, almost to say oh the fan, the fans will thank us eventually. We just have to that, yes we we're gonna get criticised for it, but you know oh this is for quite the good of the game. Uh, uh, yeah, and I just think it's just. Like I said, that this sounds like the hill, the proverbial hill that he's going to try and die on. I think that that you know, obviously the deal is done. It's it's it's. I, I think unfortunately, no matter what how we look at, it, no matter how angry you know we as football fans get, I, I think it's a done deal. I think I think we we're going to be. I, I, I think he got so I think he got so hot and bothered he overheated his computer. They're on to us. We better wrap this up shortly. <laughs> Yes. Well, actually, that does lead into the question, though, that I was going to ask. Oh, I think he might be back now. All right. So uh, we fended off the APL intrusion. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they took me off the air. (laughs) But what you were saying there was going to set up what like the final segue I have here, which is I think between the three of us, we can all agree that 
we're not we really dislike the decision, but I think we've all kind of realised that a reversal is not happening. Like for the next three seasons, this is what we're stuck with for better or worse. It's not happening for 2022-23. You're not getting a reversal. This year's grand finals are going to be in Sydney, whether we like it or more to the point, don't like it. They're not changing it for this year. Whether they can find some backdoor exit for 23-24 and 24-25, James, that remains to be seen. But for this year, it sounds like they've already booked the venues as well. They booked yeah. booked Combank for the women's. I think they booked Combank and Allianz for for the men's game. So they're not changing it for this year as much as we all despise it. Hopefully they see some common sense. They change it in the off-season going forward because I don't think anyone wants to see it. Yeah, and hopefully, and hopefully, this is one of those times where they maybe go and say, "Hey, what can we offer you going forward, like as a as a make good?" And it may turn uh, out to be one of those magic rounds. Like I said, it might be like I said, a year's worth of negotiation. Yeah, you know, maybe in in, consult, in consultation with the fans or other stakeholders this time, figure out a better way, a better use for destination New South Wales monies. But yeah, look, as I was saying before, before I was cut off, that you know, yeah, we we can have to face facts. The grand final is going to be in Sydney in uh in in you know, the end of the end of this season. You know, whether there's a Sydney team in it or not, and and like I said. But that like I said, it doesn't mean that, you know, this is the end. And I think I think you know, fans again, I think they'll they'll have their they'll 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 be able to, you know, show publicly their displeasure with it in their in their actions over the week. But uh, yeah, I think unfortunately then we've got to decide the next step as far as you know, okay, what what can be done to sort of you know move forward again? Because I think it's this whole oh we are at war and uh, and that I don't at the end of the day, and I know we we've We've said spoke about this a lot off you know off the air and all that. As, as Scott keeps on saying to us, there are no winners in this. In the end, there are no winners. So yeah, it's a case of yes, let's show show this pleasure as fans. But then then you've got to start thinking, okay, how do we start you know healing you know mending fences and and and, and you know be able to you know, you know sort of move forward. And so it, at the moment, I don't know. It, it, I don't know where where how to how to move forward is, but. We've got to find it. Can I just explain on that point about there will be no winners out of this? Because if this decision stands as it is, the game will not be a winner because we will lose the most cherished tradition in the A-League, which is a home grand final. So the the, um, fans interstate will not be winners. The league ultimately will not be a winner either because I think there will be a large fan backlash. Obviously, we're seeing that now. And I think that will not just be a one or two. I I think that will continue over time and the, the league will lose spectators from that if they reverse the decision the league loses money and they lose a, a partner they've just been working with to do a commercial negotiation and i think there will still be some fan backlash having gone down this path anyway so there will be no winners of this james it's, it's going to be varying degrees of losing and it's just a matter of where it ends up falling yeah and and that is probably the most disheartening thing of it all is knowing full well that yeah this was just a completely okay. I I don't want to say it was a completely unnecessary move because it's quite clear now that the financial motivations behind it were massive. And we also wanted to point out that um, yeah, like one of the things that came out in uh, Vince's story earlier today as well is you know there were some justifiable concerns without context uh, of the APL's financial position as well, saying that they need to. Like, have they completely, like, uh, 
blown away the Silver Lake investment and the um, Paramount money as well. But based on what Vince was saying is the Silver Lake money cannot be used for propping up clubs who have lost money over the last couple of years. That can only be put Thankfully. into... Yeah. I so, wonder if that was the league's decision or if it was a stipulation from Silver Lake, you can't use it for that. My guess would be the latter, but that is a complete guess and I have no nice. idea if it's correct or not. But um, on that as well, you know, the, like, this is one of those things where I feel like we're, go- we're not going to know just how razor-thin the margins that some of these clubs are, especially after all the COVID disruptions of the last couple of years as well. So... Yeah, I, I I understand the frustration. I can understand fans saying that they've had enough. I would hope that it is not for good, but that's also one of those things where I'm. If someone is saying right now that they're done and not coming back, I I don't blame them, because it has been a massive drain and just the disheartening angle of it going from such a massive high with the Socceroos in the World Cup to, what, nine, ten days later where we're just feeling like we're banging our head against a desk in frustration, yeah, there's really not much that we can uh, do for that. There is also one thing as well that about about this, you know, and when we've sort of we've resolved the fact that we think the grand final will be in Sydney, there's no backing down for this season. But there's also this, this line that keeps on being brought up about, oh, that whoever makes the grand final, if they're from interstate, that they will, quote, receive assistance. Now, uh, that, that, that's going to be interesting in itself, what that's going to be, how, how, much, how much it's going to be, you know, what are they going to do? And look, at the end of the day, I think, I think everyone, you know, would be, be very, very sceptical about what, what level is that quote, that quote, that assistance is going to be and how many more people that would otherwise, you know, would say if, if they had to go to a, a way grand final and, and can't afford it. Like, how, like again, you know, what, what, like, uh, have free free accommodation, free flights, you know, look, that's that's the thing is, is that... It'll be a there, package no, deal, Adam. It'll yeah, be a package be, deal of, a com- of um, one night's accommodation, a ticket to the game, and return airfares. And the price of that will depend on where you're travelling from. Yeah, they, it won't like, be that heavily yeah. discounted, to be honest. It'll just be a nice, neat package deal for you. Yeah, it's like whether, whether fans can afford it or want to mm. actually participate in it is a whole different, whole different argument. Right, or even want to or see value in it. That, that's the thing is that it's one thing to wave and go, "Oh, yes, we'll, we'll give you assistance." Well, the assistance would have been my team made finish first. Why is the grand final not being played in my backyard? I think that's what people will be asking the question on versus, oh, oh you know, you'll give me a discounted, you know, package to go in, go to Sydney. Like, it's that's the thing is, is that that's sort of like the the quote the compensation that's been that's been thrown around. Oh, you agree with this, and yeah, you know, whoever makes the grand final will give you assistance. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's just hope at least it's not like quantity deal where you know for all they give they give you fifty bucks. Yeah. All right, so we've spoken about a lot of other people's approaches and uh, whatnot and voicing their frustration with it. I think it's only fair that we say what we're thinking about right now. We're still in discussion about exactly what's going to happen, but like, what is going to happen this weekend? Our coverage of the A-League is going to be scaled back. How far? That's still for us to discuss off-air, and we'll clarify at some stage soon. But... like. We have to remember that we, we still do this in our spare time. This is like something we do for no money out of 
out of our time, like out of our spare time when we can. And frankly, like I think we're all irritated to the point where we have to do something. It's not going as far as some other outlets are, but frankly, yeah, that that's what we're going to be doing for, at least for the next week, and then business as usual will probably return next Wednesday. Yeah, we're a small, growing independent media outlet, James, and moved to we call ourselves and. It- we will still cover the games in some degree this weekend. I'm not even sure to what extent that's going to be, but we haven't really discussed that. So it's like we will discuss, we will communicate it to your point, but we do understand that there will be people out there saying, well, why don't you just completely cut bait and not cover it as well? Well, we will still be covering it, but to what extent we haven't officially decided yet. We, we like I said, at the end of the day, yes, we are fans, but we're also media. And this is, we just, like I said, the expectation of join the doing a boycott, complete you know, going to black and all that, you know, look, it's just something that yeah, you know, I it's something that's just not contemplated. Like I said, we will have our protests in our own way, and you know, and if you've listened to the last you know forty five minutes, to how long we've been we've been recording tonight, we we are frustrated as fans, but we also have our obligations as as you know media as well, and for, and for those because like I said, not everyone. And I need to I need to make this clear. Not everyone is going to be there's certain degrees of how angry they are. Some that are basically have said, I am done with the A-League. I'm not coming back. I've had enough to those who said, you know what? I'm disappointed. But you know what? I still am there for the players because this is the one thing as well. That we don't know too much about other than a few you know, random tweets is that we don't know what the players position is on this. And they'll be the ones that are hurting the most because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are performing for us. They're the stars of the show. So we don't even know, like the fact that the the um that the PFA have said nothing. As as of right now, they have not put out a statement yet relaying the United Players front about how they feel. So other than again, a couple of tweets by a few outspoken players, we don't know how they feel. And like some some people will obviously have the view of, well, I don't like what the APL are doing, but I'm still, I still want to support my favourite player, and and and, then, and then I think that the the main thing is that those fans that are upset to the point where they're walking away, just have a bit of respect for those who you know are not going to go extreme. Even like with us as well, that you know, okay, some some podcast said we're done. We've made the conscious decision that you know we're not going to go that far because at the end of the day, we still have responsibilities to other people that still want to follow the game. But like I said, if you've heard what we've just said. We are angry. We are not happy as fans. Also, we, we, had, we did hear from Maj from the Raw Court earlier, and I would say, now, if anyone from the DEN or the Raw, Raw Supporters Federation are listening to this and would like to come on the show or provide audio next week, we're more than happy to have that audio on the show. I'd also say to anyone at Brisbane Raw in a in, in a management position, if they want to come on the show next week and explain their perspective, because they've been radio silent on this change. I think that's also been... We haven't mentioned it, but that's been very disappointing as well. If they want to come on the show next week and explain their their position and their decision, we'll happily have them on. The offer's there. Yep, exactly. The offer's there. Our inbox is open. Yeah, exactly. And also from a personal perspective as well, like, I'm not going to lie, there were times in the last 48 hours where I've thought, hey, why not blowtorch the entire thing and give the double-barrel salute and say, I'm done, you know, um, we're cancelling Paramount class i'm not watching the a-league anymore i'm done with it but in my line of work that is just not practical and also because i still love football and i still re- and like the people that we deal with at the raw 
they are by yeah. and large good people and yeah, yeah, yeah and they're not the ones that would and the ones that we deal with on a regular basis you know on match days getting um email contacts and everything and whatnot they they're the ones that had absolutely nothing to do with the decision that was made and quite frankly we don't really want to wind up burning bridges with them because well again we like them and get along with them it, it's it for us is you know the fine line that we have to toe from both like our outlet perspective and just personally where i don't think it's i don't think it would be really fair to go up to those guys and basically say oh well because someone 12 levels above you in the organization made an unpopular decision we're done with you and i also think like if i went out and said today you know i'm done i'm, I'm done with the a league i'm not i'm not coming back it would be awfully hypocritical for me to change my mind and then in what nine days time be uh out on the in-ground stuff with hinksy that would be just completely hypocritical and not something that i would be interested in doing and at the end of the day, I still want to see football in Australia do well. And right now, the A-League is, you know, despite its best efforts, the best outlet for that. I think I, I, think I know what Scott was going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, what, what you were going to say. But the one, if, if, if I could find one positive, one absolute positive out of this, for the, especially to the end, and this is my message to those who are at that extreme level and said, you know what, I am done with the A-League. There's always the MPL. There's That's always, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, is it, there's always the FQPL. Now, because, again, again, at the end of the day, we are all football fans, be it the Socceroos who did just who just performed admirably for the last couple of weeks have given us some very, very tired you know, days, but we are so proud of them, you know, right down to the grassroots. So, if you, again... If if you're disenfranchised to the point where you are done with the A League, look again. I'm not, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you. I'm not going to say a word against you. That is your right. That's that's your choice. But you know what? The answer you had: support your local team across the country. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, NPL Victoria, NPL New South Wales, NPL Queensland. Even go lower. It's all right to have a couple of teams. You know, like I said, I mentioned you know Pine Rivers in my in my uh, heartfelt you know condolence speech you know at the start of the show. You know, but I'm also a Morton Bay fan. You know, I'm the nicknamed the mayor of Morton Bay. You know, so uh, even though I can wear many hats and all that, like I said, it's the important thing is that while if you feel that the APL have let you down, you have every right to feel let down. But channel your energy elsewhere. You know, champion the cause for the, for the next level. You know, the, the MPL, the FQPL here in this state. You know, be ready for the national second division when it comes out. You know, that may be, may, that may be the way that, you know, the way of hope. But you know, at the end of the day, if you want to turn your back on the A-Leagues, fair enough. But yeah, I'm not going to tell people whether they should or shouldn't abandon the Brisbane Raw or there. That's a personal thing that each individual can make on their own basis and they can come up with their, their own conclusions. I would say to people, don't become a Euro snob. Go support the MPL nationwide. Support an FQPL club. If you played as a junior at a club, Go and support them. There's a lot of great people and great clubs out there, as the three of us can attest, have been around the games over the last three, four years. There's some great people out there. Go and support those games because that's a real, true football atmosphere. And we've really, really enjoyed it. And one thing I can guarantee you that Brisbane Football Review will do, 
Whatever we do with the A-League is separate. We will continue to cover the MPL men and women's, FQPL men and women, Australia Cup, Kappa Women's Super Cup, the new Pro Series, all the way through the grand finals each year. We will continue to cover that in great detail all, all season long. That is what we will definitely be doing. What else with the A-League is up in the air. But if, if you are disenfranchised, don't abandon Australian football because there's some great clubs out there in the local community that deserve your support. Yeah, do what Scott did. Give up on Manchester United. Who? <laughs> don't, I, we've just gone for an hour and ten minutes. I don't have any... We've got no more time to go into them. <laughs> oh, come on. I had to get that started. But you're, you're right. And that is one thing that I actually have really enjoyed because like, I, I grew up playing rugby. And so I've only really gotten into the local football NPL level stuff over the last five, six, seven years since we've been doing this. And quite frankly, I really enjoyed it. And But the best part is, I don't have ties to any one specific club. So my, that's always my favourite part when I get told off for being biased in the commentary as well. <laughs> you are biased. Absolutely you are. I had everybody? Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but either way, yeah, you, you're right. The There is so much more local football there to support. And you know what? Like, I, I know it's going to sound like a cliche for some, but Adam can uh, really attest how about the canteens at those grounds too? Like I said, good eating. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the thing is, and that is, and that is an important factor is that, you know, supporting the support, if you support your club, you know, be a canteen, the bar and all that, because I said, a lot of those clubs are funded by volunteers funded by volunteers people who love the game as just as much as us and like i said you know if you're done with a professional game and you know and you feel as though again that you've been disenfranchised and pushed you know what yeah you know, support your local club it's that's all i can say that if that's the one you know positive message i can you know come out of this show saying is that if if you feel like that the professional game has, has failed you then you know what there's always there's always a local club that you know that we're happy to have your support. Yeah, pretty much. And look, it, it has been a fun couple of days to uh, be an A League fan or a Raw fan. <laughs> but look, if you haven't given up on them yet, hopefully you know we'll see you at uh, the game on Friday. Oh, uh, next Friday. When is it? I don't know. Friday week. They're away this weekend. Probably a good thing, by the way. But but the women the women of this Saturday afternoon at AJ Kelly Park. It'll anyway, be very interesting to see what happens at that game because that's yeah. the first game in Brisbane. We'll, we don't know what's going to happen, so it'll be very interesting to see what, what sort of steps are taken. Yeah, pretty much. So that's our position on what's going on right now. Um, I, I honestly feel like I've exhausted everything I have to say okay. on the matter, and I think you two are pretty much the same. Um, so I think that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank you, and good night. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. All right, and uh, well, I suppose normal service will resume uh, as of next week. We'll be back with another episode when I'm back in civilization. Until then, um, have a good week, I guess. <laughs>